Extenuate the matter. Gentlemen may cry peace, peace, but there is no peace. The war is actually begun. The next gale that sweeps from the north will bring to our ears the clash of resounding websites. Our brethren are already in the field. Why stand we here idle? What is it the gentlemen wish? What would they have? Is life so dear or peace so sweet as to be purchased at the price of chains and slavery? Forbid it, almighty God. I know not what course others may take, but as for me, give me liberty or give me death. Welcome to the broadcast, friends. James Corbett here of CorbettReport.com, and you are tuned into Corbett Report Radio here on Republic Broadcasting Live on this 19th day of January 2012. So once again, welcome to the broadcast, and thank you for joining us tonight. And as my very admirably uh, read uh, dramatic uh, intro tonight uh, indicates, we are engaged in the battle, and we are in the thick of it. And for anyone who was listening into last night's show, you probably know what I'm talking about, as we were going over the SOPA strike and all of the historical precedents that show that the people have the power and lo and behold, it uh, it just escalated to a whole new level today. And if you don't know the uh, the latest news, well, apparently the DOJ and ICE have uh, moved against MegaUpload.com. Of course, one of the uh, one of the hugest file sharing sites on the internet right now. So, absolutely a huge move today, and done right in the thick of the SOPA uh, hype and hysteria that's been going on because of SOPA strike. So uh, absolutely very interesting move, and I think this shows that we really are engaged in a type of battle here, but it's not a straightforward, simple, go-in-with-guns-blazing battle. This is something that requires strategy. This is something they're, they're thinking 18 steps ahead ahead of the game, and it's like a chess game. If you're not thinking at least a few moves ahead, you're going to lose the game. So I think it's very important that people understand what's going on, understand what this mega upload move uh, means today, the fact that it has nothing to do with SOPA and PIPA, thus demonstrating that there is already the ability for ed- the DOJ and the uh, ICE, the uh, Immigration Customs Enfor- Enforcement Agency, to be able to move against websites, which they have been doing for a long time already, even without this SOPA legislation. So as I said yesterday, SOPA, is it's great that people are getting involved and getting active and getting into the game, so to speak, with this SOPA strike, but it is only the beginning of what promises to be a very long and protect- protracted battle for the Internet that has been going on for years and will only heat up this year as things start to come to a head. We see all sorts of interesting moves like this mega upload uh, takedown, which uh, which there's lots to get into behind how it happened, why it happened, and uh, where it's going from here. So tonight on the broadcast, we're going to be getting into the latest about this uh, this very interesting move and what it means for the uh, the ongoing battle for Internet freedoms and of course, this being Thursday night, we're also going to be talking to James Evan Pilato of MediaMonarchy.com about his website, FoodWorldOrder.com. So we'll be talking about the latest on food, health, and environment issues from around the world. And of course, as always, if you want to get in on tonight's conversation, you can phone in with your thoughts and ideas about what's going on today. 1-800-313-9443. 
absolutely wide open phone lines, anything you want to call in about. Um, obviously, I'm going to be concentrating on this mega upload takedown and what it means in the larger context of what's going on with the Internet right now. But if you want to get in on anything, again, it's 1-800-313-9443. So we have a big program lined up for you tonight. I hope you're settled in and staying tuned for that. Also, I'd like to direct people to republicbroadcasting.org, of course, uh, RBN's homepage, where there is a fundraising drive going on right now to try to raise funds to help Republic Broadcasting keep going and growing. And, of course, uh, since that's the uh, the outlet that you're listening to me on right now, uh, you better support it or we will lose it. So, once again, we'll be right back on Corbett Report Radio. Broadcast friends, James Corbett here of CorbettReport.com here on Corbett Report Radio tonight going over the latest on all of the drama surrounding what's happening on the Internet and the fight for Internet freedoms tonight on this 19th of January 2012 as things continue to escalate and more indications of that coming out by the hour. And uh, some of them include some very interesting stories. For example, this one from TechDirt.com. DOJ gives its opinion on SOPA by unilaterally shutting down foreign rogue site mega upload without SOPA or PIPA. So reading from that, it says, if you've been paying attention to the MPAA, U.S. Chamber of Commerce, RIAA claims about why they need PIPA or SOPA, a key argument is that they need it to go after these foreign rogue sites that cannot be reached under existing U.S. law. Among the most prominent sites often talked about is Mega Upload, which accounts for a huge percentage of the rogue site traffic that the U.S. Chamber of Commerce and other bill supporters love to cite. However, it certainly appears that the U.S. Department of Justice and ICE don't think they need any new law to go after people in foreign countries over claims of criminal copyright infringements. And as lots of folks are currently uh, digesting the Justice Department along with ICE, have shut down the site and arrested many of the principals with the help of New Zealand law enforcement and charged them with massive amounts of criminal copyright infringement. And if you go to this this article on TechDirt, you will find the actual uh, court documents that have been filed today, uh, the Department of Justice launching criminal charges against uh, Mega Upload and its owners so absolutely, it, it, it is ongoing, it's happening right now, and it's really only escalating from here. And, uh, of course, it's not only that. There's another very interesting link from this article that explains a little bit more about what's going on. And it gives an insight into something that I didn't even really realize, but apparently the amended SOPA bill, there's been a manager's amendment, and the amended bill will exclude any .com or .org website from being susceptible to this SOPA PIPA takedown. Uh, apparently it has to do with the, the registrar uh, and the top-level domain being in the United States means that it's not susceptible to SOPA. So it's only in relation to foreign uh, websites like the dot, the dot .cas or the dot .uk's or the dot, uh, dot .org, uh, not .org either, .org is also U.S. So it's only foreign-level websites that would be ex- affected by SOPA. But what this takedown today shows is that they don't need SOPA to take down websites. In fact, what they're doing is they're filing court documents in the U.S., because apparently uh, Mega Upload had some servers in Virginia, and thus uh, they do come under the U.S. domain. And uh, and that means that, uh, that I guess, th- this is going to go ahead in America, and we're watching it happening writ large. It's exactly, to me, like the whole WikiLeaks 
thing that blew up in December of 2010, where right there in front of the, the eyes of the world, uh, Julian Assange was sort of hunted down electronically, and they, they were cutting off his access to, to credit and banks and all of that. And no matter what you make of WikiLeaks and Assange, and for one, I think they're, well, suspicious doesn't even begin to say it. I think it must be some sort of intelligence operation. But what that was all about was the media being able to track someone down for with millions of people watching around the world and seeing how people can be tracked through this digital universe and basically uh, cornered it in, uh, like rats. And I think that was something that we were all meant to see in the exact same way taking down Mega Upload the very day of the SOPA strike or the very day after. I mean, that's clearly directed at, at, straight at the heart of the people who have gotten involved in this and who are now watching about Internet freedoms. So even though this is actually separate from the SOPA issue, technically speaking, of course it's all of one piece. Of course it's all about freedom on the Internet. So now we have another situation developing where Anonymous is using their so-called nuclear option of using their distributed denial of service attacks, their DDoS attacks, to bring down websites. And apparently sites affected so far include the White House, the FBI, the Department of Justice, the MPAA, the RIAA, the U.S. Copyright Office. There's a French uh, recording industry a website that's been taken down, uh, Universal Music Group. Uh, they're, they're going on a rampage right now, taking down website after website after website. But what does that even mean? What is a DDoS attack? Well, there's an interesting comic from XKCD, and I don't know if people out there know about XKCD.com. If not, you should check it out. Very intelligent, very interesting humor. But they have an, uh, a cartoon that that absolutely brilliantly displays what this is really about. And it's a three-panel cartoon. In the first one, there's a newsreader on TV reading a news story. Hackers briefly took down the website of the CIA yesterday. And then it shows what people hear. Someone hacked into the computers of the CIA. And then what computer experts hear. Someone tore down a poster hung up by the CIA. That's what we have going on here with all of these website takedowns by these DDoS attacks. All it is are these anonymous uh, users being able to direct botnets and other, you know, harvested computers to attack a certain website, just asking for that website over and over and over and over. They do that enough, they can get millions and millions and millions of requests per, per second, per minute, whatever it takes to bring down that server. The server can't respond to it all. It goes down. The website goes down. But nothing is destroyed. Nothing is hacked into. There is no lasting permanent damage from this. As soon as the attack stops, as soon as uh, computers stop requesting the website, the whole thing comes back. The servers can be rebooted back up, and it's this, the websites are back online. So really, I mean, this is nothing more than than, than something like... Uh, it's not even like throwing a brick through a McDonald's window. It's even less effective than that. I mean, I think that's absolutely ridiculous and does nothing. But uh, this does absolutely less than nothing. It's like defacing a, a picture of Ronald McDonald. Again, it, it, it does nothing whatsoever to, to address the fundamental problems. But Anonymous is now going on this rampage of taking down websites that the average person out there can be convinced is some sort of major hacking that's going on. And, oh, my God, they're getting into all of these government websites. We must do something about it. And, hey, lo and behold, they have some legislation that'll, that'll do something to the Internet that'll fix this and make it hard for Anonymous to do this or something. And it'll be glossed over in that non-technical way. And, lo and behold, this might actually help SOPA. So in order to get a better grasp of that, because I'm not sure I did a great job of explaining it, but there's an excellent article up on CNET right now called Anonymous Goes Nuclear, Everybody Loses. 
And I think that's the point of these types of uh, massive attacks that Anonymous is launching right now. Uh, some people, I'm sure, who are genuinely of good intentions, who really think they're going to be doing something great by doing this, and then other people, who knows what their intentions or background may be. That's the very point of the anonymous mask. It could be government agents. It could be anyone doing this. And uh, and lo and behold, they're starting this this basically war for the Internet right now, which is a nuclear option. And if it de- de- detonates, it could uh, absolutely blow up in a number of people's faces and bring in the very legislation and the draconian laws that we've been trying to fight against. The point is that we should be making a people's movement of masses of people who refuse to go along with this, not defacing, not even defacing websites, just bringing websites down for a few hours. That doesn't matter to the FBI. That doesn't matter to the Department of Justice. They don't need their website in order to function. In fact, it scores them a major PR victory so that they can claim and paint all Internet users and protesters as terrorists and launch appropriate legislation to try to keep them in check. So lots and lots going on, but we already have one caller on the line holding patiently, so I'd like to go straight to him. We have Pat from Houston. Pat, thank you for holding, and what's on your mind tonight? Hello, it's great to talk to you. I'd like to talk a little bit around Paul, and I'd like to uh, tie it into what you're talking about tonight, what's happening with the web and the computers. I do think that is a lot of that has got to be a government false flag so they can get what they want. But I'm... uh, Really pleased about the Ron Paul debate tonight. I went to a meetup at a restaurant. There weren't very many people there. But it was just great to see him just be a spiritual master and be just be himself and just answer his questions. I thought it was wonderful. The crowd responded, insisting that they call on Dr. Paul. It shows how just how biased CNN is. They're giving those other guys all kinds of FaceTime. <clears throat> And that is the name of the game. Give the other guys to FaceTime. Leave Paul off the stage. But uh, I was in the last time Paul was around. I was very enthusiastic. I'm really into the information, maybe a little too much, but I listen to you guys all the time. I think you're an excellent broadcaster. And what all this is about is the people are starting to realize their power. I think it's a spiritual awakening. I'm hoping it will catch on, but there weren't very many people. I live in a city of millions, and nobody's awake at all. Uh, and I'm maybe a little too awake, and I think you know what I mean. Um, um, that's just kicking around a few ideas. I mean, I can kick it back and forth with you, or I can hang up and listen or whatever. Well, I'd love to hear some of your ideas, but just on the Ron Paul debate, I, I usually try to uh, to miss the debates in, in the to- the total debate because I, I just can't stand to stomach the, uh, the the inane chatter of of the other candidates. But I do generally try to look for the Ron Paul highlights. I haven't seen them from from tonight's uh, debate yet, but I did manage to catch some of the commentary online, and I I saw that CNN was trying its best to avoid uh, calling on Ron Paul for the first 50 minutes or so of the debate until the crowd started reacting to it. So so you think overall he did a great job tonight? Yes, and it was masterful, and that's the great thing. That's the awakening is the crowd insisted that they call on Ron Paul. That makes it very obvious what they're doing, and... uh, Boy, I'm just really into the information, you know. Um, I would, like I read that book called They Own It All, Including You, and I'd recommend that to people. And uh, But you're just doing great work, uh, 10 out of the 10. <clears throat> the, uh, the, the news is so boring now. Once you know the plan, once you know the information, 
somewhat interesting to watch them control people's minds. I hear you. Just, it, it becomes a completely different thing once you know what the agenda is and how they operate. You start to be able to see the game plan, so you see what's happening before it even unfolds, and it, it becomes a completely different exercise. But on that note, we're, uh, we're heading into break here, so Pat, if you want to hold on the line, you can hold on, and we'll come back to you after the break, or, uh, or you can hang up and listen if you want. And for anyone else, there's still time to get in on tonight's broadcast, 1-800-313-9443. We'll get you up and on the air. Welcome back to the broadcast, friends. James Corbett here of CorbettReport.com. You're tuned into Corbett Report Radio on RepublicBroadcasting.org, and I'd like to thank you once again for tuning in tonight as we start to explore some of the various ways that we can help to free people from the matrix of control and show them what's really happening around the world. And the locus of that uh, that battle for people's hearts and minds in the last 48 hours, at any rate, has really shifted towards the Internet and the takedown of the Internet and of course, this uh, this relates very much to uh, to anyone who's listening to my voice right now, because I would obviously not be coming to you all the way live from Japan, broadcasting from my living room, if it weren't for the uh, absolute amazing technology that has enabled us to reach out and connect with each other on an absolutely unprecedented scale. So once again, this is an absolute key locus of the fight right now, and there are lots of shenanigans going on in in man, many different ways. But of course, it's all part and parcel of the greater fight for our consciousness that's been waged, being waged for, for decades and decades, if not centuries, if not millennia. And uh, certainly this, this, this battle, the fundamental battle for our hearts and minds, certainly predates the Internet, so it's not just about this. At any rate, we are talking on the line to Pat from Houston, about to go to James Evan Pilato from FoodWorldOrder.com in the next segment, so please hang on for that. But Pat, before the break, we were talking about uh, yourself being perhaps more awake than some of the people in your area, and you had some ideas about waking people up to the Matrix. Uh, perhaps we can get into that. And that's, that, that's one of the key, I want to mention three key points, is it really is like... Um, you're Neo that woke up from the Matrix and everybody else is still just a bag of blood sitting there having their energy sucked away from them. But during the, and that's scary for us that are outside the Matrix and we need to talk to each other and stick together. But then the most key important thing, especially this is also on the spiritual realm, is that the crowd did insist that they call on Ron Paul tonight. That's a key lever of consciousness right there. And then the other thing on the SOPA issue, the uh, so-called candidates, mainstream, whatever, they uh, they were really dancing around that one. And if it wasn't big in the news, and if we hadn't all stuck together and raised a big fuss about it, it wouldn't have been brought up at all. And then uh, the final thing um, was just, you know, I, I'm sure you can relate to what I'm saying and all the people that are into the information. And I just wanted to send my love out to everybody and uh, I did want to mention that my last name is Mahiney. So thank you so much. I'll let you go. All right. Well, thank you for that, Pat. But uh, but absolutely, I, I agree completely, one hundred and ten percent that uh, that certainly this is a fight about 
uh, people's hearts and minds and consciousness. And, and I think that, uh, that you're exactly right. That was the heart of what I was talking about last night. The fact that people are calling, calling out for Ron Paul at the debate and, and not letting them pass him over. And all of this, uh, th- these indications that people are waking up on an unprecedented level, there comes a point where it's actually a tipping point where they, the fact that they're now covering up Ron Paul and trying to exclude him from the debates and trying, tr- doing silly things like putting the, uh, the wide angle camera shots during the debate so that you can see Romney and Santorum and Gingrich, but you can't see Paul. And all of these mm-hmm. juvenile tricks that they're playing are so basic that people are now at, we're at a mass level of consciousness where people can see through them so easily, it actually further discredits their system. And now it's, I, I really do see a slippery slope for them as they, they continue plummeting down in the, uh, in the ratings, in the uh, popularity, in the, the polls of what people trust for their sources of information. Of course, the mainstream dinosaur media just dying a grisly death. So once again, Pat, thank you for those comments. Right. And let's, let's that, no problem. Right. Thank you. All right, let's uh, let's move along to to some of the other aspects of this because once again, I think we well we uh, I don't know we but certainly some of the people out there risk getting caught up in the psyop of this, which is that oh they've attacked Mega Upload now we have to attack them and going after the DOJ websites and other things as I described in the last segment talking about the distributed denial of service attack, which once again it's not anything that will do any damage whatsoever. It will not will not do anything whatsoever. It will only give a PR win to the FBI, to the DOJ, to all of these uh, these organizations which are already just hungry. They're hungry for an excuse to be able to paint anyone who's against what they're doing as terrorists. So all of a sudden uh, pops this group led by who knows who, suddenly now trying to attack their websites, quote-unquote. Of course, it has nothing to do with that. It's actually just trying to deny the websites uh, to, to people who are trying to access it for a few hours, which uh, which in the case of a, a corporation like uh, like Amazon.com or something where they're trying to sell something over the Internet, that could be a huge problem, and that is a, is a type of attack that can, can really cause problems. But for the FBI or something, I mean, certainly they don't rely on their website to be to be their their main uh, source of income or something like that. I mean, this is this is truly the equivalent of just uh, sketching a, a, a Hitler mustache on Ronald McDonald or something and, and calling it some sort of great political action. And all it serves to do is give them the excuse to implement the tyranny that we're trying to avoid. So I don't like to see how this is playing out already, but uh, but perhaps we can steer this conversation entirely in a different direction towards things that perhaps might make an actual difference, like getting people mobilized, not only on SOPA and PIPA, but against what the DOJ and ICE are already doing to numerous websites around the world, delisting them and and getting them taken down. Uh, Absolutely incredible stuff going on right now. Again, if you're just joining us, it it looks like Mega Upload has been taken down. There are criminal proceedings that have been launched in court. You can find the court documents on TechDirt and other places right now. So the links, as always, will be at CorbettReport.com slash radio. On that note, we're going to take a short break, but we'll be right back with James Evan Pilato of MediaMonarchy.com to go over food, health, and environment issues. So stay tuned right there. We'll be right back. You're listening to the Republic Broadcasting Network. Because you can handle the truth.
All right. Welcome back, friends. Welcome back to Corporate Report Radio. James Corbett of CorporateReport.com here going over the latest regarding the battle for the Internet and the battle for consciousness, which, again, is really what it's all about, because exactly as we were stressing on last night's program, for anyone who didn't hear that, I hope that you will go into the archives and take a listen to it, because I think it was a particularly good one. But exactly as we were stressing last night, it is all about trying to get the people on board with the agenda, because if the people do not go along with the agenda, they cannot implement it. That's exactly what all of this uh, shenanigans with the uh, mega-upload takedown in the middle of the SOPA strike and the anonymous counterattack and all of this is playing out into the soap opera to try to convince the people who have no idea what's going on, who don't understand how the Internet works and who, who never look past the headlines that, oh, there are some terrorists out there, they're trying to take down the Internet, we better get them. I've heard this SOPA bill is such a great idea. And again, it's just to get the majority of the people to go along with it so that they can implement it, so... So uh, although I don't know about the practices that Mega Upload may have been doing behind the scenes, and again, you can read the uh, the, the DOJ filing to see uh, some of their ev- evidence that they've submitted about what uh, Mega Upload was doing that was in violation of existing law. And of course, if it, it was in violation of law, that's one thing, but to, to have done it and staged it within 24 hours of the SOPA strike is clearly not coincidental. So... M-E-G-A, upload it to me today. Mega upload is gone, and now we see the next stage of what's happening here uh, unfolding before our very eyes, but shifting our focus completely, or at least uh, to a different aspect of this unfolding agenda, we're going to turn to our regular Thursday night guest, James Evan Pilato of foodworldorder.com, to talk about all of the latest food, health, and environment issues from around the world. So, James, thanks for coming on tonight. You know, you and I do New World next week. James, are you there? Talk to me. Yes, I'm here. All right, cool. Didn't hear you. All right. Okay, great, James. Thank you again for coming on tonight. Uh, It's great (laughs) to have you here. So uh, once again, we're going to be going through some of the most interesting food, health, and environment issues. But do you have any uh, quick take on the mega upload issue before we get get into that? That's what I was going to say, that, you know, you and I do New World next week, and so we cover so many issues there that... It seems like for the last couple of weeks since we've been doing these Food World Order episodes, of course, there's other massive news going on in the world. And, you know, we want to talk about Marines desecrating corpses, but here, you know, mega upload. Now, James, correct me if I'm wrong, but on yesterday's episode of New World Next Week, did we not say, oh, yeah, and they've been doing, you know, a lot of these, you know, domain takedowns and DHS fed seizures and not only did we say it, you specifically said it. So hats off to you for pointing that out. But uh, but absolutely, it's just part and parcel of what they've already been doing, and they don't need SOPA to do this. That's the main takeaway from this story, I think. Mm-hmm. So rather than getting all, all into that, I think what I'll say is, what did you say about Ronald McDonald? <laughs> <laughs> uh, what did I say about Ronald? Oh, yeah, keeping a mustache on him? Yeah, yeah. something like that. Right. That's just my my transition into <laughs> coverage. Good. That was smooth. <laughs> that was so smooth. All right. <laughs> what do you got up for us first tonight? I think like so many things, I I got this from my girlfriend. She she told me about this, and this is a report from the Wall Street Journal, which again is posted up to foodworldorder.com. And so many ways it seems like it takes us a long time to work our way back around to what should be kind of fundamental, that we have to, you know, work a long way around and we have to do a battery of research to say, oh, maybe the food we eat does affect our brain. 
So there's an article from the Wall Street Journal called A Gut Check for Many Ailments. What you think is going on in your head may be caused in part by what's happening in your gut. A growing body of research shows the gut affects bodily functions far beyond digestion. Studies have shown intriguing links from the gut's health to bone formation, learning, and memory, and even conditions including Parkinson's disease. Recent research found disruptions to the stomach or intestinal bacteria can prompt depression and anxiety, at least in lab rats. Better understanding the communication between the gut and the brain could help reveal the causes of and treatments for a range of ailments and provide diagnostic clues for doctors. Now, this is a, a, a fascinating piece, but I'm going to jump down a little bit just to kind of maybe crystallize it in the, in the way that it was sort of you know told to me. The gut, considered as a single digestive organ that includes the esophagus, stomach, and intestines, has its own nervous system that allows it to operate independently from the brain. This enteric nervous system is known among researchers as the gut brain. So, James, I'm not sure if you if you have a take on this or if you've, you know, run across to any anything like this, but yes, it has, you know, the animal testing, which is questionable on uh, on a number of levels. But this, to me, again, strikes me as just, the, you know, a, a, a head-slapping duh. Exactly. Well, that was my exact take on this as soon as I saw it. It's sort of like, well... Did we really need this research to show this? But, I mean, I suppose it's good to nail down the, the precise processes by which this works, but it does go back to the very fundamentals of idioms that we've had in our language for who knows how long you are, what you eat, and all of those sorts of things. Uh, it should be self-evident that whatever we put into our gut will affect our brains. But but on that note, it's interesting. I've never really heard of the gut brain before, but uh, but now I have something else to blame my bad eating habits on. <laughs> And and again, I, I think like we've said on on so many food levels, this is all you know. I, this is just as educational for me as it as it hopefully is for anyone else out there. I, I feel like I've heard the gut referred to actually on you know just some of the spots on you know alternative media sites, and and you know whether that's you know the the doctors or physicians and folks. I I feel like that's a term that I've that I've heard before, and perhaps somebody out there can help us out on that one. Well, I've heard the term gut, but I didn't think it was actual scientific term. <laughs> anyway. <laughs> but isn't that fascinating, too? Because what do you say? Well, how do you know? Well, I, I feel it in my gut. Right, right, right. So yeah. I thought, well, there I, you go. There you go. Perhaps, you know, there are so many things that are encoded and hidden in our language that uh, I think reveal some of the things that we've known for for generations that have somehow been uh, been covered up. And that's why, uh, for example, Alan Watt right here on RBN likes to say research is uh, called research because you're doing it again. You are researching. So, uh, so perhaps there is something to that. And Alan Watt, people like Jordan Maxwell and, and even our friend Richard Grove, all, all those guys, yeah, have a great knack for, you know, almost any time I, I check out their work, they say some word or, or break down some word that, again, is that kind of head slapping like, oh, my God, we say that word and see that word and write that word all the time. But when you really break it down, yeah, the story is in there. Absolutely. So so what's uh, what do you got up next? Well, I guess this gets us more into some of those hidden uh, occulted knowledge and information and organizations in a way. BASF to stop selling genetically modified products in Europe. We grabbed this from the old gray lady, the New York Times. BASF, the German chemical group, has abandoned efforts to sell genetically modified products in Europe, including its Amflora potato, 
because of overwhelming opposition to the technology, the company said in a press release, and I provide the link for you, where they say, quote, there is a lack of acceptance for this technology in many parts of Europe from the majority of consumers, farmers, and politicians. Therefore, it does not make business sense to continue investing in products exclusively for cultivation in this market. End quote. The company has decided to focus on attractive markets in the Americas and in Asia, he said. The withdrawal of the potato leaves a type of corn produced by Monsanto as the only biotech crop grown in Europe. James, your quick take on that before we break down just the quick background of the good folks at BASF. Well, that's kind of what I'm interested in because I'll confess <laughs> ignorance that uh, that before having seen this story, I may have heard of BASF before, but I've certainly never really uh, contemplated who they are or who's behind them. But uh, but just on the note of the story itself, I find it interesting that here again is a case in point of uh, the people of Europe resoundly saying no to this uh, this biotech uh, monstrosity of this GM uh, food, and uh, and the companies have to listen because once again the people have the power. So. Uh, time after time, that that point is demonstrated. But anyways, let's hear more about BASF. For something like this, you know, generally, you'd go to Wikipedia. And again, you know, as, as we call it, you know, that bastion of truthiness. But I, I you know, I, I love it for things that aren't really contested, like when did that album come out or is that guy still alive? <laughs> you know, questions like that. But for a situation like this, I like to go to something like sourcewatch.org where they note BASF is the world's largest chemical company and headquartered in Ludwigshafen, Germany. Its North American subsidiary is BASF Corporation, 95,000 employees on five continents, blah, 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 blah. They are well known for being connected with Host, which is now Sanofi Aventis. During World War I, Bayer had a close association with other German chemical companies, including BASF and the aforementioned Sanofi Aventis. This relationship led to the 1925 merger of these companies, as well as AGFA and others, to form the IG Farben Trust in 1925. They even were proud and stated to their board colleagues, quote, Our new friendship with the SS is a blessing. We have determined all measures integrating the concentration camps to benefit our company, end quote. How about that? How about that? So we always find, and it's, it, you know, it's, I find it, I don't know if fascinating is the word for it, but, you know, living in a city, you can see trucks roll by that have these names that when, again, you kind of stop and think about it, you're like, oh, wait. Oh, but yeah, they've been around since, you know, World War II era. Weren't they connected to the Nazis? Whether that's, you know, the banking trucks or the, other sort of military intelligence kind of connected firms. But, yeah, BASF. With the Bush I, family. Or the Bush yeah. family. I probably got a VHS tape over on the shelf there that's a BASF tape. Crazy. So they're Absolute everywhere. But, but, again, maybe in the same ways that you, you start to break down, you know, those words, you start to break down the, uh, those other kind of company words you're seeing on the truck sides and, 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 and others. Exactly right, but once again, it shows that even even a, a company with a background like that and as uh, as powerful as they they want to believe they are, still in the face of public opposition, they're powerless. So they have to move on to to targets that have already been psychologically softened up and and domesticated, and uh, will go along with the agenda, like the Americas and various countries in Asia that do allow their uh, their biotech monstrosities. So the moral of the story is don't stand for it and uh, they'll leave you alone. It's it's like a bully or like anything else in life. If you stand up for yourself and don't let them uh, let them do it to you, they can't do it to you. So 
and, so and that's, that's lesson number one. And that's how all these things are connected, aren't they, James? That's what we were saying again yesterday on New World Next Week. That it's you know, look at what happens when an informed and you know energized populist makes their voice heard and moves on something. Exactly, just like uh, Pat from Houston was saying earlier in the broadcast, and when uh, the people are waking up on just an unprecedented level in all sorts of different areas, and that really is the key, because uh, without that, we are lost, but with that, we, we've already won in some ways, so we just have to stand up and continue standing up for all eternity, which is the, uh, <laughs> which is probably the hard part that most people don't want to accept, that this doesn't ever end, the price of liberty is eternal vigilance, but, uh, but it's still, uh, it shows that we do have the power, we just have to exercise it. And that's, you know, as we've said before, you know, th- those constant moves and that kind of war of attrition that, you know, we have the tendency to go, yay, you know, we beat, you know, this one thing temporarily, but it'll, you know, it'll keep coming back and it'll keep coming back and we have to keep pushing it back. Unfortunately so. Well, we've binged on the last couple of stories, so let's purge. <laughs> I post up something called the binge and purge. That's just my kind of quick list of headlines. I had never heard of this celebrity chef, Paula Dean, and that could be because I don't watch corporate controlled garbage television, or at least not, not live. Like, like you were saying with the debates, it's like, Oh, I'll go back later and, and watch the, you know, the compilation version, but I'm not going to sit down and watch it anymore. There was a, a celebrity chef, Paula Dean. Apparently, she has hid her own type 2 diabetes for a long time while having made her entire name being a sort of comfort food cook. And, you know, I I find you probably discovered this online, too. When you sort of are looking into someone or something you've never heard of, and once you start to look, you're like, oh, this person is everywhere. And apparently everyone has already been making fun of her for saying it gets butter. Notoriously high fatty foods. Yeah, go go go, Paula Dean on on Google Images, and you'll see what I'm talking about. It's like, oh, this, this was a pretty well known thing. So now she comes out and admits that she has diabetes after pushing all kinds of crappy food recipes to people. So I have a, a couple clips about that, or, or rather, a couple links and 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 clips. But the interesting thing is that another sort of celebrity chef. But a guy named Anthony Bourdain of No Reservations, who I would say would be more of kind of the punk rock or, or at least kind of aggro celebrity chef. She, he has for a long time slammed Paula Dean as the most dangerous woman in America. And it gets better, James. So not only was she hiding the fact that she had diabetes while pushing all these foods, when you dig into her background and you dig into her TV show and the website, and the endorsements, she is essentially on the payroll for Novo Nordisk and a drug called Victoza, a once-daily non-insulin injection that has global sales of $734 million in the first nine months of 2011. So uh, Anthony Bourdain tweeted, you know, oh, maybe I'm thinking about getting in the uh, leg-breaking business so that later I can make a tidy profit selling crutches. It uh, it almost beggars belief, but uh, it's quite an amazing idea to 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 promote the unhealthiest of lifestyles and then to promote some drug that will uh, supposedly make it all better. Huh? Just um, just sad, but but very true. And the weird part about this is that uh, for some reason, I I have the feeling I have seen some of those parodies of her before. I, I could not be any less uh, connected to American <laughs> mainstream uh, media and, and and celebrities, but for some reason, I'm sure I've seen some. 
parodies of this before. So, uh, so there you go. No surprise whatsoever, I suppose, to people who know uh, what she's all about. But still, quite, um, quite disgusting, really, when you think about the the trick behind it uh, of uh, tricking people into into eating it and then uh, selling them the uh, the phony snake oil cure for it. That's that's the thing, and and maybe again, kind of referring to what you were talking about, how people sort of see see the headlines and just hear it and go, oh man, the, those crazy you know Guy Fox mask wearing hackers are destroying you know the State Department's website. I worry that stories like this, people go, oh you know, oh Paul, she's got diabetes. That's sad, and and you know that'll be it, and they won't look and go, oh. She was a shill who was lying to me all the time, all on the payroll, the very people who would benefit from this. So just in the same way, this, as you were talking about with Anonymous or WikiLeaks, or what essentially is this, you know, cyber war that seems to be turning hot. <laughs> as you were talking, James, and I was kind of, you know, waiting, waiting in the wings and maybe even already began to kind of talk to you. It's like, yeah, gosh, it's almost like, you know, they're causing a problem so that they can get a reaction to offer their solution on all these places. Huh. Where, where have I heard that before? <laughs> it sounds familiar, yeah. Something like we've been talking about since uh, the inception of our various websites. All right, we'll hold it right there. Um, I'd like to hold you on if you'll like to stay over. There's a couple more stories I'd like to go over, and we'll wrap up with Corporate Report Radio here on the other side, so stay tuned. Back to the broadcast, friends. James Corbett of CorbettReport.com. You're tuned into the final minutes of Corbett Report Radio here on the 19th of January 2012, where we're going over the latest binge and purge from FoodWorldOrder.com. You can find that, of course, right there on the front page, and we're going over some of the stories contained therein with James Evan Pilato of FoodWorldOrder.com. So, James, let's uh, let's continue going through and see what we can dig up here. After doing this now for. You know, for for a pretty long time, doing this now for, you know, five, six years, there are stories that come up and I go, God, haven't I covered that before? I feel like I've I've covered that exact same thing, but I have, and yet it still kind of comes back around, and maybe I reported about it once when it was being announced, and then it's kind of out. So this story made the rounds again, and I checked back into the archives, and I provide the flashback. It goes back to December of 2009. Scientists grow meat in labs. Meat made in a Petri dish is apparently a real thing. In what appears to be the culinary world's latest interpretation of Mary Shelley, scientists have already solved the riddle of making animal flesh in a lab and are now figuring out how to sell it profitably. This according to foodsafetynews.com. James, another story, as long as we're talking about phonies, fakes, and liars from earthisland.org. Many restaurants fake it as demand for organic food rises. So... That's the faker hat trick on Paula Dean and the lab meat and the <laughs> fake organics. Yeah, and my reaction to that story was pretty much the same. I thought, I'm sure I've seen this before. And lo and behold, yes, we have seen that scientists grow meat in labs story. And it's uh, come up in a few different contexts. And we saw the, uh, the uh, poop burger that came out of Japan recently and all of those types of stories. So it's, uh, it's something, right? The poop burger, poop burger was a hoax, right? 
Well, there was the guy who came out with a video that said it was a hoax, but I think his video was wrong. So I think it was actually true. And the weird thing is that 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 whole story sourced to a lab that apparently is somewhere in the city that I'm living in. So if I really wanted to, I'm sure I could actually track it down. And perhaps I should, just for the fun of it. (laughs) Expose the poop burger. Yeah, I, I I don't know if my Japanese would be up to the task though. I, we'll, we'll find <laughs> out anyway. Maybe maybe if enough people write or call in, I'll I'll, I'll go ahead and do it. Maybe I'll get them on the program. I'll I'll I interpret know. for you. Don't worry. <laughs> yeah, I want to. All right. Well, a positive okay. thing. Occupy Monsanto, January twenty fourth in St. Louis. More on food freedom. So uh, a positive. There you go. Exactly. Taking a meme and trying to put it towards something actually useful instead of uh, some of the other stuff that we've seen coming out of, mm-hmm. of that movement generally. But uh, but absolutely, great stuff. Okay, I hope people will go to foodworldorder.com to check on that. And, of course, to check on Media Monarchy and all of your related websites generally. Of course, uh, so much stuff coming up each and every single day and uh, your weekly radio broadcast as well on Friday mornings. So I hope people will tune into that. And, James, for some reason, our uh, our latest uh, New World Next Week is uh, is going somewhat viral or something. It's uh, it's huh? already at 13,000 views, and it's uh, oh. just continuing to climb. And I think it got posted to some Spanish website or something, because we keep getting Spanish uh, <laughs> um, comments. Uh, and comments. Yeah, I don't, I, I can't really, uh, can't really understand them all, but they seem to be naughty words about uh, <laughs> the people promoting SOPA. So, hey, That's there you go. Fantastic, though. I love when we can, you know, when you and I can strike when the iron's hot, I think it's sky's the limit. Absolutely, as we do here on the broadcast each and every week, and as we do at NewWorldNextWeek.com each and every week. So until next week, thank you once again, James, for bringing us the latest on food, health, and environment issues. And until tomorrow night, I'm wishing all of you out there in the audience a great evening, and uh, thank you so much for tuning in, and I hope to see you again tomorrow night.